And we're in the middle of a series called Faithful at the moment, so next week uh, I'll be on, 2nd of July. But this week I just wanted to try and help you with something, and I, I feel I don't always get helping people right, but I think this morning I could help you figure out what type of person you are, whether you are an introvert or an extrovert. Okay, So real easy, we're going to do a test, personality test. Uh, it's pretty simple, you don't have to um, have studied for this. Uh, so that's probably a relief for most of you. Um, psychologists sort of say there's two broad categories of people. There's introverts and extroverts, and you probably have a rough idea of which you are, but um, if you don't, everybody who knows you probably knows which camp you're in. Uh, but I'm going to try and help you out this morning. So real simple, five questions, you can answer them for yourself, no one's going to be grading uh, or marking your test here, um, no one's going to be checking, uh, but you might find it helpful just to kind of confirm or figure out where you're at. Uh, is that okay? Okay, all the extroverts said yep. No, that's not true. Okay, that's, that's, that's not, that's not that. Okay, right here is the actual first question. Okay, first question is this. You find talking with new people awkward or energizing? Okay, don't have to answer that if you find it awkward. If you find it energizing, you can yell it out. But, all right, second question. You usually get more joy out of reading a good book or watching a great movie? Okay, all right. You're allowed to like, nudge the people beside you if you think they are answering wrong, okay? You would hate working with someone who is brash and overbearing or timid and meek. Interesting. All right, uh, fourth one. The people who know you best are likely to describe you as quiet and reflective or outgoing and talkative. There is definitely a lot of nudging happening. All right, last question. In your free time, you'd prefer sharing a conversation with a friend or mingling at a party with lots of people? Okay. Right. Do you know what you are? Because if you answered mostly on the left side questions, the darker side, there's no, no sort of implications that, just the darker side of the picture. The introvert is you, and on this side is mainly the extrovert. And there's obviously, not the, not the right side, just the light side. There is uh, a spectrum, okay? So some people are far that way, some people are far that way. And apparently, you can be in the middle. And do you know what you're called? Because there is a special name for you. It's not confused. It is called an ambivert. So you have a balance of introspective and extroverted tendencies, okay? I don't know if that means you're well-balanced or if it just means you're indecisive. But anyway, regardless of whether you are an introvert or an extrovert or somewhere in the middle, I think it's true that Everybody needs people in their lives. And, and that's not to say that you have to be the life of the party or that you have to be sort of, you know, locked away in your room, just socially insular and all that sort of stuff. But I think everybody needs somebody. And I think the truth is that we need other people on a very practical level, right? So I'm not a great cook. And if it wasn't for 
uh, my wife and the hard-working people at Domino's, I'd probably be very, very hungry a lot of the time. Or I'm also not that great at, at sewing and, and making clothes. Once, back in primary school, I made a pair of polka dot boxer shorts, um, but unfortunately they don't fit anymore. And so I am reliant on other people to make clothes that I, that I wear. So, you know, beyond that practical stuff, I think we actually need people for emotional and, and spiritual and social input into our lives. And, and the chances are you have had someone who has turned up at just the right time in your life. Maybe, maybe you were lonely and a friend just sort of randomly called you to check in, see how you're doing. Maybe you were struggling with stress and your spouse or your partner, they helped you see things from a different perspective. Maybe you were facing a big decision and, and some mentor that you had gave you just the right wise advice at the right time. Or whatever situation it was, perhaps it was like God just dropped that person into your life at the right moment. And, and call what you will, maybe it was a divine appointment, maybe it was a providential relationship, but, but you possibly didn't even see it at the time, but with the benefit of hindsight, you can look back and you can see that that phone call or that talk or that wisdom was actually not just super helpful then, but quite a defining moment in your journey. And because of that person, your life is better. There are... There are definitely people that I can think of that I am glad they showed up in my life when they did. There's people I can think of that, that helped me through some, some tough times. In fact, there's people that I know if it were not for their input in my life, I wouldn't be half the person that I am. Some of those people are in this room. Some of those people are, are listening online. And I bet that if you think about it, you could probably pinpoint some people where you could say the same in your life. Maybe it was a parent, or a sibling, or a spouse, or a child, or a teacher, or a boss, or a workmate, or a friend, or a neighbor. You are, you are better off because of their input in your life. They offered you insight, encouragement, maybe they gave you perspective or hope. Maybe they challenged you, maybe they gave you a kick in the pants to get you moving in the right direction. And when you look at biblical history, you'll see there is so many examples of people who had these divine appointments. I think of uh, Moses, who was found and raised by an Egyptian princess. Or Ruth, who gave faithful support to her mother-in-law, Naomi. Or a lady called Abigail, she stopped David from doing something that he would definitely have regretted. Or Mordecai, he gave strength and encouragement to Esther at just the right time. Or Philip, he invited his friend Nathaniel to come and meet Jesus, and his life was changed. You know, it's interesting when you look at those examples in, in your own life, I guess we shouldn't really be surprised that God uses relationships to grow our faith, because that's, that's how Christianity began. God sent his one and only son into the world to walk among us, to connect with us, to teach us, to interact with us, and to ultimately show his love to us. And, and I guess you could say that Jesus' life was really just one big divine appointment. He invited people to follow him, to experience a relationship with him, to enjoy friendship with him. And so his, the people who did that, they had a common bond which centered on Jesus and his followers formed a community. 
And so Jesus called those followers to champion and celebrate each other, to support and strengthen each other, to, to love one another. The writer of Hebrews, he gives some advice around what a Christian community should look like. I want to share that with you. It's in chapter 10 if you wanted to look it up or, or whatever, but I'm going to put it on the screen. This is what they write. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Consider that for a minute. Christians are called to motivate each other to acts of love and good works. Other translations put it to spur one another on. And it's not, we're not motivating each other in terms of what we think or even what we believe. It's, it's how we live out our faith, what we do, acts of love and, and good works. We're to inspire each other in, in our doing. And the writer goes on to say this, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his, Jesus, return is drawing near. Now, this morning I want to introduce you to a special person, uh, a young woman who knows what it's like to experience encouragement. She knows about having the right person at the right time turn up in her life, and so she's going to share her story with us. Her name's Dandy, and I'd love you to welcome her up to the stage. Here you go, Dandy. Thank you. I'll just grab some questions to ask you. So um, <clears throat> why don't we start off with you maybe telling us a wee bit about yourself. Um, so I'm Dandy. Um, I'm 19 years old, and I have beautiful parents sitting right there, deviled in Yulandi. Um, I've got a little sister, um, which is, she's taller than me, but we don't talk about that. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I'm living here now. So, okay, Yeah. but I'm guessing haven't lived here all your life. No, so um, we originally come from South Africa. Um, we moved here about six and a half years ago. Um, we actually are going to our citizenship ceremony next week. So we're so excited for that. We're so blessed. Um, yeah, so I moved here when I was about 12. Um, so, so immigrating from South Africa to New Zealand, I mean, foreign country, leaving everything behind. You were 12, so you had 12 years there. Yeah. What was it like? I mean, oh. it's a big call, right, to shift countries. Yeah. And to uproot everything and move. So what, what was that? How did that go? Yeah, it was tough. I was not happy with it at all. Um, I didn't understand exactly why we had to move. Um, I was like, I've got great friends here. I'm going to go to high school with them. Like, I've just formed, like, really good connections with people over there. And... Mum and when mum and dad told us, I was like, what? Like, we've never even been to this country. I don't even know what it looks like. All I know, there's lots of sheep. Mm. Um, and I was just, I was shocked. I was, did not know what to expect. So when we moved here, I was just not happy. Um, yeah, and I didn't really speak very good English. So I did not, going to an English-speaking country was just mm. so different. So leaving everything, having to, you know, uproot, meet new people, figure out the language, 
figure out, you know, the animals that roam freely um, yeah. across the countryside. <laughs> yeah. You know, it probably wasn't all that easy. And then you probably got dumped into high school, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you've done your full schooling at Dunstan High School. Yeah. Um, and with all that kind of background, what was it like? How did things go for you there? So at the start, um, it was an adjustment. Um, like I said, I couldn't really speak very good English and no one could understand me. Um, so that made me struggle with making like friends and connections over here. Um, coming from a school that taught you in Afrikaans to a school that just taught you in English mm. was crazy. It was, yeah, it was a big adjustment. Um, yeah. And socially, was that challenging? You said it was hard to make new friends? Yeah, so it was definitely hard. Um, throughout the whole experience in high school, yeah, it was just hard. Um, I luckily am a very sporty person, so, or was. Um, so I definitely um, made friends in netball, and especially through rowing. Um, so that's where I started off, but it was a big adjustment. So sports was something that kind of kept you going and, and probably a highlight of, of your school time. Yeah. Were there any low lights? Yeah, so I was bullied throughout high school. Um, I um, had um, my first suicidal attempt um, through high school. So, uh, yeah, there was a few. So it was just like very big, um, very big adjustment. And I tried to... Um, Definitely one of my low lives was trying to fit in. Mm. Um, I tried. I was felt so lonely no matter what I did. So I filled that in with alcohol, boys, and just friendships, and I was so dependent on that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. So would you say that like, looking back at that time now, <clears throat> you know, things with you and God, where were they at during your high school years? They were non-existent. Um, I know my parents always encouraged me and I had people in my life that always wanted to encourage me to um, walk um, to walk the path with the Lord, but I, I did not want that. Um, I was angry. I was like, why would God put me through this? Why was I bullied? Why did he have to move a me across mm. the world to mm. another country where I just did not feel like I fitted in? So... Um, yeah, I was not happy with him at the time, that's for sure. <laughs> so last year, 2022, uh, lots of people did lots of things, but you decided to, well, you'd finished high school, so you went to Christchurch to kick off some tertiary studies? Yeah, yeah. so I um, decided to move to Christchurch to study um, nursing. Um, at the start, it went really, really well. Um, I loved it. I love caring for people, so... It was right in my element. The study was a bit hard, um, but I've come to realise the reason why I moved there was to move away from all the people around me in Alexandra, um, but I still continued on with the alcohol, the boys, and depending on friends. So I ended up in a cycle again mm -hmm. um, of going in through a really deep depression and anxiety. Um, I tried to end my life again, um, and then I got put on antidepressants um, last year. So, yeah, it was definitely a roller coaster mm. um, of a ride. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, tell us how you sort of got through some of those dark times. Um, so, definitely the people around me. So, um, I am lucky to have very supportive parents um, who will do anything for their children. So, um, yeah, when that happened, 
they drove that night up um, and met me at the hospital. Um, I had my um, partner at the time, him and his family, was amazing. Um, they took really good care of me as well. So I was, yeah, I was living, I was living with my partner and his family. Um, I left, I was like, I'm going to get everything right. I love Christchurch. Um, I'm going to do everything by myself. Um, I do not need anyone's help. So, um, yeah, I went and seen a counsellor, but yeah, nothing really. I always just felt that void of loneliness, not feeling good enough and just not being, like, not being able to be loved as a person. So the independent woman thing, as yeah. much as you wanted to do it, was pretty challenging at times. 100%. Did you have a sense during those challenging experiences of God's presence with you? Um, throughout the presence, I did not feel him at all. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was just so in my own head and so in what my head was telling me um, that I just did not really care about the people around me, just didn't care what anyone else would say to me. Um, so, yeah, not at all. Well, so things have changed, yes. right, from those challenges of last year to now. Yeah. What's been the turnaround? So a lot has happened this year. Um, so in April, I committed my last, I um, t attempted my last suicide attempt. Um, this time it was a bit more intense. Um, I... Yeah, I took a little bit too, too many medication, and um, before I, after I took it, I texted mum and dad, and I was like, "How was your day?" Um, just acting like all cool, like as if nothing was wrong, because at that time, I'm living with a whole bunch of girls who were just not nice to me at all. Um, I was with the boyfriend who just did not treat me right after everything. And my mum called me and she was walking the dogs um, and she was telling me about her day and she's like, oh, I just wanted to say I love you. Um, and in that time, I just knew I couldn't die. Um, and so I called the ambulance, um, but by that time I was quite out of it. Um, I'm sorry. It's right, I've got tissues here just in case. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I kind of like passed out um, in the ambulance and all I remember was them saying, turn the sirens on. And so it was pretty serious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. serious. Yep. Yeah. But that call from your mum right at that moment was quite crucial. Yeah, definitely. Um, at that time I just realised that I just, I can't leave my family. Um, I don't want to leave them anymore. Um, I love my sister, so I just... Couldn't leave her in this world. Um, yeah, so it was like well, she probably needed someone to give her netball advice. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Even though you're way shorter than her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's amazing at netball. So <laughs> yeah. Um. So that phone call was pretty crucial in April. Yeah. And um, and then obviously you came out the came out the back of that. Did yeah. your time in hospital and and recovered. Yes. So I um, decided to move down here, and um, Mum and we had an outreach group. People called Fire and Fragrance. They work with Fire and Fragrance, um, and their missionary group that came over to 
from South Africa over to New Zealand and one of them were me and my sister's primary school teacher oh, wow. in South Africa. Um, so he brought eight people with him, him and his wife, and um, they just came and had lunch with us. Um, and me and this girl called Nina, um, we just started talking and I was like, whoa, like he literally, he saved her. Like I was at that time, I was like broken, broken. I was just not caring at all. Um, and um, she came over and she just shared her testimony with me and she said that Jesus loves you and all of that, that after that, we went to my room and I gave my heart to Jesus, wow. um, which was awesome. <laughs> um, so after that, um, they went to Queenstown to, to evangelize. So they, work, they do discipleship training school um, over there. So yeah, they just go around talking to people, like sharing the gospel. And I was in, I was in Queenstown as well. And I messaged them saying, hey, like, want to catch up? They're like, we're doing evangelizing. Like, you can come with us. I walked along with them, and it was so cool. Um, they were, like, sharing. They were, like, sharing the gospel to people. And you could see the love they have for the Lord and how they want people to know that, they, that the Lord loves them, um, which was so cool. Um, that night, they had a service um, at City Impact Church, and... We were um, we were just dancing, and the pastor was preaching. And after that, he's like, "There's someone in here. There's people in here that suffers from depression and anxiety." And me and this other lady walked up. And the moment I walked up, I just remember like God just giving me the sense of like, "I'm gonna take that away from you. I, you don't deserve to have this burden anymore." Um, so. In that moment, like, boom, he just took that away. A week later, I came off my antidepressants, and, yeah, I'm just so happy and so full of joy now. It's been yeah. a real transformation, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So um, I guess you've clearly seen God at work in your journey, uh, <clears throat> and even, you know, some of those moments where the phone call or, or Nina turning up at just the right time, um, you know, is there any other kind of um, way that you've seen people at work, but they've been divinely appointed, you know? Yeah. God's kind of lined them up. Yeah, definitely. So my parents always encouraged me and my sister. Um, whether that was subtly, whether that was... Not subtly, that's not even a word, I don't think. Um, subtle. Um, oh. whether <laughs> that is a word. Oh, in it? English, oh. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> quite good in English. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, whether that was, like, telling us, like, they love, like, they always just encouraged us to come to church with them, or mm -hmm. they, I know they would share um, the word of God subtly, whether we wanted to listen to it or not. Um, which was awesome. Um, I definitely, my um, uncle and auntie, um, Umkiri and Tani Zelda, um, they did that as well. You could see that God was just living through them. And they always suddenly, like, just sometimes put in, like, mm -hmm. the word of God somewhere in there. Um, and, yeah, I think just the people around, around me. Cool. Yeah. So on top of that, has there been any um, particular Bible verses that have been really helpful for you? Um, yeah, I kind of wrote them down um, because I'm not very good at memorizing. That's probably why I didn't pass nursing, um, but that's okay. Okay. 
Okay, so I've got um, three. Let me just fold my paper. Um, 1 Peter 5 or 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Um, Hebrew 13, Hebrews 13 verse 5. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Isaiah 46 verse 4. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. And all of these verses just really resonated with me. And I think at the time, I probably wouldn't have listened to it, but it would have stuck with me. Um, it would have always just been around me. Um, I would always, I yeah, that proves that he is always there for you. He is, he will rescue you. He will cast all your worries and anxiety away which is awesome and he does that with bringing people into your life and he does that with so many other things around you um yeah which is awesome i, I definitely sense the theme coming through in those verses but yeah. all of them really kind of what you needed to hear at that time 100 percent. so um some hopes for the future clearly you know you're looking ahead looking forward what are your hopes dreams for the future yeah so I'm basically just going where the Lord takes me from now on so if he um I am planning on going to us um not Australia to South Africa to do disciple discipleship training school with fire and fragrance um so I'm so excited I'm planning on going next year January um and just to grow deeper in my faith with the Lord and sharing his word to people and yeah seeing where he takes me from there cool keeping yeah. it open yeah so one final question um what encouragement would you give to everyone here um i have a couple um so definitely one is just check on the people around you um whether you want to share bible verse with them or whether you just want to tell them you love them i think that's so important because we don't know exactly what people are going through in our lives and if we haven't talked to them in a while and if we talk to them every single day, they always struggle. There's always a point in the time where people struggle. So just reassuring them and maybe they've prayed for that. Maybe they pray that God give me a sign to, for, give me a sign that you're here, to give me a sign that you love me. And if you go up, just, just tell them that you love them, even to strangers, I think strangers, need that um, as well because we don't often... um, I guess for me the key takeaway is that you know we need good people in our lives and Dandy's clearly got family friends um, just at the right time the right place and she is the better for it I think the amazing thing is that not only is Dandy the better for it but um, those people who were in her life are also the better off for it it's kind of this mutual reciprocal relationship thing and so I'm going to invite um, very quickly Dean, uh, DeWalt and Ulandi um, to come up and just sort of briefly share the encouragement they've had from being part of this journey and seeing God's hand at work in their lives. You can welcome them too. Ah. Hey. Yeah, for me, I guess as a parent, it's the hardest thing to ever go, go through with your kids. And the one thing we cling to is our faith. Um, at a stage, they grow up and you can't um, help them anymore. They have to choose for themselves. Um, and there was times, several times where I cried before the Lord saying, I don't know what to do anymore. 
but the Lord came through. And we um, have seen a miracle. So I would just encourage all the parents to keep praying for your kids. That's all we can do. Um, and not just your kids, family members, people around you, any situation. We can only depend on the Lord. And he answers prayers, even if um, you sometimes feel like he doesn't hear you. I'm not going to add anything much to it, but just to put a bit of context, is that day when she walked the dogs, there was no reason for you, Lundy, to call her. Right? And um, Yulandi always prayed that doesn't matter what Diani goes through or our kids go through, is that he would just spare their lives. It was always a prayer. So our kids go through life and through tough times. Um, but that day, when she called Diani, Diani, like she said, she already took the medication. But that phone call made her call the ambulance. And the people at the hospital said it was another half an hour, she probably wouldn't have been here today. Um, so be faithful and keep on praying. That's all we can say. Awesome. Thank you very much. I think um, you know sometimes it's sometimes it's easier to see God's faithfulness in our lives when we see it in the lives of other people, and uh, it can be quite encouraging to see his his involvement in their journey and then that as we just sort of heard reciprocates into ours. So I just really wanted to encourage you to keep connected to a Christian community. It doesn't have to be this church, ABC. I mean we're pretty biased, but um, there's plenty of other great churches around. I suppose I suppose my observations are when people drift from a Christian church, ultimately they tend to drift from their faith, and they lose that connection. So I would encourage you to find a Christian church, uh, if you haven't already, that honours Jesus and wants to help others. And if you find that, you will find that your faith will grow. And if you have found that, if you are already connected to a vibrant church, then you have an opportunity to invite others to check it out, to be part of what God is doing. Uh, And so a very simple invitation could be all it takes to just spark off that divine appointment. You know, are you free for a coffee? Want to go for a walk or, or a bike ride? Maybe something as simple as just come and sit with me. Or do you need someone to listen? Well, how can I help? You know, those very simple invitations could be all it takes to spark a divine appointment. And your invite might be the catalyst that someone needs, like Dandy said, you know, just that, that reaching out, that connection to kick off or maybe restart a faith journey and And if you can think of someone who you know that needs to get connected, I'd encourage you to get in touch with them. Make that contact, reach out, make that invitation. Because imagine if your simple invitation to them turned into a divine appointment that helped both their faith and your faith grow. And that when they shared their faith story, they talked about the time that you reached out to them the time that you connected. It was just the right person, just the right moment as you pointed them to Jesus. Let's watch a video clip about that. This is Nate. 
Nate became a Christ follower two weeks ago and is still a bit giddy about it. Now he's trying not to do cartwheels in public. Nate became a believer partly because of Kim. Yet oddly enough, Kim and Nate have never met. How is this possible? Well, let's take a look. Kim loved Jesus from an early age, and in college she had a huge impact on her friends. While most of her peers used their college years to, well, experiment, Kim didn't. She remained committed to her faith, and it showed. It especially showed to Lisa, her roommate, who confessed to Kim that she wanted whatever it was that made Kim so strong. Kim shared her faith with Lisa, and Lisa believed. Years later, at Lisa's first real job, she met Thomas. Thomas was hit by a drunk driver when he was 13 and still carried a lot of anger and bitterness. Thomas and Lisa became friends, and it wasn't long before he started going to church with Lisa and her husband. After a lot of studying and searching, Thomas gave his life to Christ. Fast forward a few years. Thomas became a public speaker and was often asked to speak at large events. See, when he became a believer, Thomas developed a new perspective on life. He stopped resenting what had been taken from him and started being thankful for the second chance he had been given. On one particular day, Thomas shared about overcoming hardship and what it means to choose joy. He was so passionate that a number of people were inspired to share a link to his video. The video of Thomas inspired James, too. And if anyone needed inspiration, it was him. James had a ton of issues. He spent most of his life as a passive husband, an absent father, and a horrible friend. That said, no one disliked him more than he disliked himself. But everything changed the night he happened to watch Thomas online. Something clicked and he knew what he had to do. He surrendered his miserable life to someone greater, and he was forever changed. James fought hard to make up for the lost years with his family. And he also began working with young men who were in danger of throwing their lives away. One of those men was Nate. Nate didn't really know his own dad, and he had no real direction in life, ultimately bouncing from one bad decision to another. Because of that, he often found himself in trouble with the law. No one had ever showed him what it looked like to be a real man. That is, until he met James. James became the first father figure Nate ever had. He learned about honesty, self-control, humility, and integrity, and where those traits come from. Two months later, Nate publicly declared his belief in Christ. And of course, James was there. Now you can see the connection. Nate was impacted by James. He was influenced by Thomas. Thomas on Uncommon Joy and Lisa, who learned of Jesus from Kim. Kim's relationship with God eventually led to Nate's. Funny how these two people have never met and never will. I think we will never know. Sometimes the details that God's arranging and lining up, <clears throat> those opportunities for divine appointments, but I do know that we need to be open and ready for when they come. So I encourage you this week uh, to be open to those divine appointments in your life and in the lives of other people that you inter interact with. Let's pray. God is just grateful for the fact that you have a purpose and a place for every person. And we just ask that uh, regardless of our personality type, that we would be that person for someone. We'd see that divine appointment. We'd play our part. 
would encourage and support and strengthen and motivate others to be more like your son, Jesus. We just seek his Holy Spirit as we point people to him. In your name we pray. Amen.